Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading or streaming the Be Our Guest podcast. So glad you're here for some more fun Disney talk. Today, we have a very different show. We're not doing listener questions this week because we are just back from Marathon Weekend, but we have a fun show in store. Scott joins me along with our friend Wade from up in Nebraska, and we propose a show topic of this. One cast member, one question. So if we could go anywhere on property, resorts, restaurants, uh, theme parks, and ask one cast member in any role one question to get an interesting story out of them, what cast member would you ask and what question would you ask them? We uh, go around a few times and, and talk about this and come up with some pretty interesting proposals. So uh, listen to what we say and then share on the social media what one cast member would you pick and what would you ask him or her? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. We hope you enjoyed today's show and play right along at home with the friends and, and folks that you're with. As always, don't forget our show brought to you by The Magic for Less Travel. Check them out for all your Disney trip planning needs. They're over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link as you shop online. That one extra click really does help us out. It's BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And a big thank you to the patrons of the Be Our Guest Podcast. You make all these shows possible. Thank you so much for that. Our patrons also get a bonus show called Mike in the Midwest. If you'd like to join us, we'd sure love to have you. Come on over, patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. Ready to take a trip to the world? You found the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. This is where your memories come front and center on our podcast stage. Welcome to episode 2220 of the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rallman from BeOurGuestPodcast.com and one of the senior agents over at the Magic for Less Travel. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're having a great midweek and all the lizards are settling back into, uh, well, just settling back in without too much pain because even settling in can be painful at this point for some of us, but hopefully... Uh, a lot of clinging and clanging around your office or around your house with those medals that you earned out at Marathon Weekend. But more importantly, hope you have lots of memories to cherish for years and years to come. We're proud of you. We hope you had a great Marathon Weekend. Of course, we're recording this one a little bit early so that we have this on the feed in time so you never miss a show. And uh, <laughs> so far, knock on wood, we've always had good, uh, good fortunes that everybody has come back safe and sound after the races. And we're hoping the same for 2023. So today we're not going to do listener questions. We're going to take a break from that this week. We'll jump back on those next Wednesday. But today we're going to have a fun show with a fun crew to get you through your Wednesday, get you back to reality. And if you didn't go down for Marathon Weekend, hey, we missed you. Joining me today from Up in the Mitten, we have Scotty G. What's up, Scott? How you doing? Happy uh, 2023 and welcome home. Happy 2023. Good to be back home. Mike, it always makes me nervous when we record the uh the post marathon episode early because I have no idea how it went, but I'm just going to say, let's hope it went well. Everyone, you know, crushed it, you know, had a great time, made some great memories and I'll just leave it there. Just let's just hope we had a great time. Well, uh, you know, during bowl season and, you know, sad to say that by the time the show comes out, college football has ended, you know, think about yeah. that. That is, that is the most depressing thing. So just got uh, spring training to look forward to at this point, but I saw a, um, a poster in the seats. I think it was at the military bowl where you could tell it was just folks that went to the game from that area, you know, in Annapolis or wherever they played the game. 
and they weren't fans of either team necessarily. They just wanted to go for the experience of the game. And so they held up a sign that just said, I hope both teams have fun. You know, because they, they weren't necessarily, you know, fans of either team. They were just there for the experience. So okay. let's just hope, uh, you know, 25,000 or so runners and spectators all have fun. Right. Had fun and had, had great weather. That's <laughs> what I'm really hoping for. Let's have some great weather, some good pool time. And yeah, let's hope we got some good miles in. And as, at the time of recording, and we have good flights. <laughs> Hopefully that's a, yes. that's a very out of context joke by the time this show comes out. And it's yeah. you're like, what are you talking about? But uh, at this time, that's what people are more worried about than weather. So anyway, we're going to have a special guest joining us today. You know him. He calls into our Sunday night shows. He's our good friend from up in Nebraska, Mr. Cornhusker himself. We have Wade. Wade, thanks for coming on the show with us today. Hey, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Scott. It's good to be here. And yes, Happy New Year, everybody. I can't believe it's 2023. And I am confident that everybody had some good miles. I always figure if I'm not going to win it, and I, I've never won it, I'm just going to go have a good time. So just get through it injury-free, enjoy the run, enjoy the ride, the haze in the barn at this point. And uh, it, it, I'm sure it went great for everybody. That's so always <laughs> that's always the saying, the haze in the barn. You know, is, is it really in the barn, though? Like, that's my thing. Everybody tells me that, like... <laughs> Because I, I have a hard time cutting it off, you know, before the, the thing. And I'm always worried my hay's not in the barn or somebody left the barn door open. You know, I get my, my analogies all mixed up, you know, my sayings. I don't know. It makes me nervous. Well, there's nothing I can do about it now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Let me ask you this real quick, though. Um, of course, we don't know about this year's. But what's one of your favorite memories from a, from a marathon weekend in the past? Something you remember? Because we haven't talked to you about this. And, you know, do you have a specific memory of something that uh, stood out past marathon weekends you really loved? You know, I, I, I do, actually. Um, probably my first goofy which I, I really didn't, I had, a, I really didn't know how to handle running a half marathon and a full marathon back to back. And of course, everybody I told that I was doing that first, they say, just like dopey, what are you crazy? Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? <laughs> that makes no sense. And so I, I remember at the, um, I was at the expo and I, I went up, got in line, wanted a picture with Jeff Galloway. And I said, well, I'm doing this in a few days. Um, I normally do, you know, 90, 30 run walk. And he kind of talked to me, he said, you know what? I, I think you might be better off doing 60, 30. If you've never done a half marathon, a full marathon back to back. And I said, well, you, I, I'm not planning on winning it. And he looked at me like, well, exactly. He's, and uh, he, he so says, I, he says, what, what kind of attitude is that, sir? You should go for the win. I'm an Olympian. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Give it a run. Do it. And so he gave me the advice to do that. And I'll tell you what, it got me, it got me through because it really helped me think, okay, it's about endurance. It's not about speed. It's about doing it, not, not killing yourself on the half marathon and, and then having enough in the tank on Sunday for the full marathon, which it was still tough. I mean, it was still a tough, it got warm. Um, it got warm that Sunday as it seems to get warm on most every marathon Sunday now, but uh, it got me through. So, and it was, it was a, an accomplishment that I still look back on thinking I'm, you know, I did it. I made it. And so here we go with Dopey. <laughs> That's a good thing for those of us that have made it once. It's like we can tell ourselves, like, I have made it to the finish line once. Like, it is doable. But then you got Jason Miller, who's live with us here on Facebook as we record, saying, 
I've raced Iron Man, and I think Dopey is more challenging. So thank you very much, Jason. As we get ready, he's just being kind. That, that's 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 a false statement. Well, I mean, that gives, that's nightmare fuel too for us. You know, yeah. prior as we're recording before we go down, and you know, it's coming out after. So anyway, today's topic, we're going to have some fun with this, and I think this is something that. You might want to play with your family as you're driving down the street, you know, going on a road trip or maybe just talking via text. I thought this would be kind of a fun discussion to have within your family or within your friend group. And because I've wondered this. Okay, so here's the here's the proposition for today's show. You get to go on a property anywhere on property. You can go into the resorts. You can go into the theme parks. You can go into the restaurants. You could go behind the scenes. You know, you could go in custodial. You could go in uh, people that work in you know, the infrastructure to make sure everything runs right, maintenance. You get to go in and ask one cast member one question, and they have to answer that. You know, sit down. You only get one cast member, one question. Now, of course, we're going to go around a few times and, and talk about this. But if you could select a cast member and ask them one question that you think would be like the most interesting answer in the world, something you, you just love to know. For example, I'll throw mine out real quick. And this is, you know, just something that, you know, just I've always wondered. So if I could speak with one cast member who works on the concierge level at the Grand Floridian, what is the one request from a guest on the concierge level at the Grand Floridian that just blew you away? Something maybe not that was like a, you know, excessively expensive request, but something that was just... I don't know. What do you, what do the young people say? Extra, you know, something that was like totally bizarre and was really challenging to take care of. And you just kind of, you know, as a cast member, you have to say, Oh, absolutely. We'll take care of that ma'am or sir, you know, and you get, the, you get the job done, but in the back of your head, you're thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? And why would anybody need this done? You know, something like that. So that's that's just an example I'm going to throw out there. So if I could speak with a cast member on concierge level at the Grand Flow, what is the most extra request you've ever gotten from a guest? And I'm sure you might get a story there because I like questions that lead to stories. And so we'll see where we go with this uh, this topic today. So I'll go to Scott. Scott, well, who would you ask and, and what would you ask? Well, before I get to that, what, what would be your experience, Mike? Like, have you ever asked anything extra from a concierge cast member at a resort? No, because I've only stayed concierge one night and it was like, it must have been, I mean, Mallory was a little baby. It was our annual passes had run out. We, it was the end of the trip. We didn't have tickets that last night. So we stayed one night at the beach club concierge. And uh, <laughs> the only thing I, I mean... We tore up the concierge lounge. I remember we ate like everything in sight. So I was trying to eat my money's worth of concierge lounge food. But I do remember Mallory destroyed the taffy on the desk. There was like a taffy bowl, you know, like saltwater taffies in a bowl. I mean, I'm surprised she still has teeth. She destroyed because she was only like three. She just kept taking them. And I'm like, eh, it's one night. We're on vacation. Go ahead, kid. Have at it. And the guy was cracking up because she just kept going down. Boom. From getting the yeah, salt that's a great question taffy. too like what's the craziest like um consumption of taffy have you ever seen in a concierge lounge and mallory would oh, probably be the answer that, and she was like on crack that night it was, <laughs> it was she was crazy but i mean it was the last night of vacation we took her down to storm along bay we ran around went to beaches and cream i mean you know who cares and then we because back then i didn't fly so we were in the car the next you know 18 hours the next day so what are you gonna do so yeah that's my concierge story my one night of my life yeah. <laughs> what about you <laughs> 
So this is an interesting. Um, this is an interesting topic, Mike. And there was one thing that instantly came to my mind. Sorry, Wade, if I'm stealing this from you, if if you had this one. But my favorite attraction is Kilimanjaro Safari. One of my like top two or three. You know, just love that attraction. Love Animal Kingdom. And I would actually love to go one on one with a safari driver because I have a lot of questions for safari drivers. But the one I'm going to ask, since you told me, Mike, I only have one question is how many times has someone dropped a camera or a cell phone on your safari vehicle? I want to know that answer so bad. Right. I mean, because you know it has to happen. I, now, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen it happen? I've never seen it. I've, I've been nervous. I've been very nervous that because I see a kid like grab it's, a yep. their parent's phone. Yep. And like they're on the aisle, but on the end, I'm thinking like they should probably be in the middle right now. This is really dangerous. And it makes me nervous. I have not actually seen it. Same. You know it has to happen though, because I've I've seen cameras dangling out there. I'm like, oh man, I hope that's not a the latest iPhone. That's gonna be, you know, a thousand dollar Nestle bar for that giraffe, you know, or whatever. Makes me a nervous wreck. But I've never seen it happen. Wait, have you seen anybody drop a phone on the safari? I have not on the safari, but it's funny you say that because I did I did write down I, I wonder how many iPhones or Androids they recover, you know, from the floor of Space Mountain or <laughs> You know, in a day or a week or or Everest, because I did on Everest once the uh, you know where you speed it up and do the entire ride while you're you're holding the holding the phone and it you know ends up being like seven seconds long. And I tell you what, you are gripping onto that phone about as hard as you can <laughs> yep. when you're coming around backwards and you know and then forwards and all that. But uh, so I've never seen it drop, but I have seen some people hanging out there with their phone thinking they're going to get the perfect, you know, picture. And I'm like, you dropped that. I'm pretty sure this uh, safari driver is not going to stop, put out the stop sign like a school bus and, and jump out there and grab the phone. So, but, but I guarantee you it's had to have happened. right? Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's the people tempt fate and, you know, fate, fate jumps in sometimes and bites you, but I just, I haven't been on the correct Jeep yet. Okay. So let me ask you about your, that's a great question, Scott. So what about your question, Wade? Who would you ask and what might you ask? Yeah, I have, I, have, well, I have a bunch here, but I also think on the on the iPhone thing, you don't want to, you drop that thing at the top of Space Mountain, you, you don't know who you're going to hit in the head on the bottom of Space Mountain, so well, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, now you can't even have the sucker out. There's a new rule. You know, you got to put that thing away. No selfies. Exactly, exactly. But I, you know, there's a couple here, and one thing that I, I, um, yeah. <laughs> was wondering is, you know, I walk in the droid depot and I've never made a droid, but I see these droids going around and around and around and around. That place is always packed. How many droids does each cast member make in one day, in one shift, yeah. you know, in an eight hour shift or whatever their shifts are. But I've got to believe it, it has to be hundreds of droids, a thousand droids a day. But I would love to know because those cast members are hustling back there with their parts and snapping them together putting them together, you know, making those things look great for the guest, And they're always smiling too. So um, maybe that most exciting, but just one of those, like, what's the volume of droids going through there that they are putting together? That's a great question too, because, you know, as a, as a guest, you're probably in there 15, 30 minutes at the most. So you see like a little snippet, but could you imagine over an eight hour period, you know, how many uh, combinations and yeah, you're right. I mean, um, I wonder if somebody like Len Testa stands there and counts the droids, you know, that and then adds it all he's up. He's probably got someone on the team doing it. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. I guess you're right. I'd love to know the economics of this now that you're like lightsabers. You know, yeah. He's counting pitches, count pitch, click, click, click. <laughs> you know, and you think Hollywood Studios is open. I mean, if you go, oh, they open at 8 a.m. and maybe they're open till you know, at 8 p.m. I don't know exactly if the droid deep was open as long as the park is, but you know, that could be 12 hours of and that, that conveyor belt is just moving and moving pieces, so. 
it's got to be an unbelievable amount of, uh, of droids being assembled. Okay, let's take that to the to next door. Okay, over to Savi's with lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, we, we're sports guys. Okay, let over under on this. In one day, let's say the studios is open 12 hours. 500 lightsabers in one day. Do you think it's over or under 500 lightsabers are made in a day? Scott, what do you think? I, I think it's under 500. I feel like I just don't see that many, like, in the parks but maybe like i don't know maybe they're not showing them off but I, <laughs> a good but if I had it, i'd be i would just constantly have it out right like i would just constantly be doing uh, like photo shoots with it and so i think it's got to be under I, I'm, I'm not sure though what do you think wade you know that's a tough one because i think that you know it's hard to get an appointment to do that right. so you gotta think that all the appointments are booked and it's a little bit more of a, uh, a ceremony that they do when they build them so you know, if there's 50 an hour, um, it could be, it could be over 500. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It could be, you know, you I guess it'd be good to know, like, what, what is the, how much, how, how many are in there? Once. An hour, yeah, an right? hour. Yeah. You, that's the thing you need to know. Hourly capacity for the lightsabers. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. But I never see, you know, I've, I've tried to make the point. I've never done it because then, of course, my wife says, what are you going to do with that when you get home? <laughs> so, <laughs> hang it on the wall. I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. So, Mike, you always joke about, I've heard you say this multiple times, like the coolest thing would be to go on the plane with your, yes. your lightsaber. Right? Oh, totally. And you always talk about like leaving Orlando. I think it'd be even cooler, like if you're in St. Louis and you're just going down anywhere, right? And you just like nowhere, like you're in the middle of the country, nowhere near a theme park. You just going on your flight to St. Louis to Baltimore or whatever, and you have your lightsaber. Right. Now, that would be sweet. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, totally. You know, we, we have these real janky, you know, shuttles that get you from the from the terminal back to your car, you know, cause I, I park at the cheapest, cheapest car lot, you know, like parking lot E, which is, you know, $6 a night. So it takes 15 minutes to get there. Yeah. So roll it in with a lightsaber lit up as you're getting in that, you know, church van. <laughs> yeah. That'd be uh, yeah, I need to do that now. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. It doesn't have to be from leaving MCO or Anaheim. <laughs> I mean, think you can about take that. it wherever you want to go. Yeah. Cause it's, it's all TSA. TSA knows what they're looking for. It doesn't have to be Orlando's TSA. Like, <laughs> Sir, yeah. what is that? Well, then you pick up the, uh, at Savi's, you pick up the Jedi hood and the robe and the whole thing. And <laughs> so you just fire that thing up, you know, on the flight to, yeah, you know, like it's the flight to Baltimore. And just, yeah, just do a flight to nowhere. Like just fly wherever and then <laughs> come right fly. back. Just like, I'm just, just kidding. some miles. I'm connecting to Batu. <laughs> there you I'm go. Just flying around to a galaxy far, far away. Anyway. We're losing the we're losing the the train here. Okay, so my next question that I would ask, and because actually my wife and I talked about this over dinner tonight, and I thought this was a pretty good one, I would ask one of the the cast members in Lost and Found, what is the craziest thing that you have seen come into Lost and Found over the you know over the period that they have worked in that role? Because I mean, I know you get the standard things, right? You probably get, you probably don't even get cameras. I mean, I doubt you ever get cameras anymore because I can't, you know, cell phones, but you probably get cell phones, sunglasses, hats, you know, but Love. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, they get random, random stuff because I mean, like, yeah, I lost one glove during Marathon Weekend one time and never, I mean, I tried to find that thing forever because it was a like a convertible mitten glove. And I love those, those set, and I couldn't find another set online anywhere. And I kept trying to get that one glove, but it never showed up. So that's funny you brought that up because when we were at Alice Techo tonight having dinner, I brought up the topic. 
and Elizabeth, the first thing she said was lost and found. Like, like I wonder what they do at lost and found. That's when you and Pam were talking about that too. And she brought up the glove. That's, that's why I just had to say glove. Remember that one year, Mike was just so obsessed with losing that well, one glove. It, it, I'm not, and I'm still not holding the grudge against Bankhead, but I gave it to Bankhead. <laughs> He's got it framed somewhere. Like he got, me a, in his he got me a new set. It's all good. We got it. We figured it out. It, it, we, he didn't need to either. Like it was totally, totally fine. I have, I actually have a full set and I used the, well, it was, it was, the windchill was 37 below. It's like 65 here now. So it's like weather in St. Louis is nuts, but we're all good. I found another pair of the gloves and we're set, but I just, I just wonder like, you know, there has to be the craziest things brought in there. I just, I would love to like, you know, sit down. Okay. Tell me the stories of. And then, you know, like when people come to recover those things, like, okay, this is your follow-up. Like, how did you lose this? And why did you have this in Epcot? <laughs> you know, why, why was this thing in Disney's Hollywood studios? Why did you feel the need to bring that to a theme park? So I think that'd be interesting. I'm, I'm guessing about anything you can legally take in the park's probably been lost at one point or another. There's probably like a set of teeth, maybe. <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> <laughs> set of teeth. That's great. Who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. But they're great, though. I remember once um, we were with you, Mike, and Emily lost like the, a new pair of like mini ears or something at Animal Kingdom. I don't know if it was like at like the No Man Lounge or whatever. So we, we reported it in the app. And I remember like, hey, we lost it here, blah, blah, blah. When we got home like two days later, boom, they showed up in the mail. Like it was so awesome. Like I know they're really good at their lost and found. But yeah, I, I just can't imagine like some of the... You, I mean, it could just be anything, yeah. right? Like, it. Oh man, it's so we, good. We've actually gotten um, like chargers that we've left behind in a hotel room. You know, like just mm-hmm. like iPhone chargers, just the you know the little cube and the cord. You know, we left a few of those behind, and we just you know you call and you like you're not going to get it, but what's it? We'll make a call. You know, same thing. You know, oh yeah, that was you know tell them the room number the day you're there, and boom, it shows up in the mail like you know three or four days later. I mean that, yeah. and that's that's the Disney difference right there. You know that that's the stuff when you get that you're like, okay, I appreciate that because that took a little time. They could have just said no because there's a million of you know they could they probably have as many as Apple at this point. You know, can you imagine how many of those things they would have? Because they probably get left behind. You know, just constantly in the hotel rooms. I mean, they're all. We had four or five cheerleaders spend the night last night in our basement. And I think there's two of them out there right now because they didn't take them last night. Like, but the, tonight they'll all call when they go to charge their phones because they won't have them. Anyway, go ahead, Scott. Give us another one. What you got? But that made me think of something kind of funny. Like, I we left our swimming suits like on the balcony at the <laughs> Grand Californian one year. Wait a second. Now wait. You hung them on the the balcony there, like. Uh, <laughs> you're like a clothesline yeah kind of like, well maybe like the chairs like that's, okay, i mean chairs. they kind of air they kind of dry out i got you, know? you i got you they never dry in the rooms you know <laughs> but but uh but since it was like out west right like i got a call at like 11 or 11 30 at night and like i can see my phone like i'm like this is disney calling me why are they calling me at 11 30 it was like grand california say hey you left these swimsuits we're gonna mail them off to you it's like it just blew my mind. Like I was like in bed, like, like I did, I don't think they were thinking about the fact that I was in Michigan when they were calling me, but anyway, that just was kind of a wild story. But uh, my next question is going to be for someone kind of behind the scenes, Mike. I'm looking for someone kind of like in like finance operations kind of area. Basically the guy that can tell me how much does Walt Disney world make a day in parking fees? Yes. <laughs> right. I just want to know. We talk about this all the time. I like if we could just have one minute of 
anything that's happening in the parks, right? right? Just one minute of income, like I'll be set for life. But I'm going to specifically just say one day of theme parks, I'm going to throw, I'm going to bundle in the resorts too now, since there's resort parking fees. I want to know what you all make in one just normal, just give me a random Wednesday in September. How much did you make in parking that day? Even if you break that down to say, like, take a random Wednesday in September from one to three in the afternoon. Could you, I mean, like, if you yeah. got that total, because I mean, you could even go like the slowest season, but parking mm-hmm. fees for like an hour. Can you, like, I'd probably have a heart attack. <laughs> I, I, I would too. <laughs> But like, I just got to know, like that number, like for some reason, it, I, I always like hone in on the parking. I don't know why, but, and I know there's a lot of pass holders that have cars that it's built in and on-site guests for the theme parks, but I know there's a, still a lot of like off-site people that are paying the park. Cause I'm always behind them. I always am behind <laughs> the person that is writing a check <laughs> for their parking, you know, like, I just want to get in. So I know people are paying. Um, and it's not, it's not cheap man it's like what like is it like 25 or 30 dollars something like that it's a lot it's yeah it's not free let's just say that and I mean, it's got to you know at this point it's pure profit right we, what's it cost you're parking you're parking lots already paved yeah. i mean yeah it's not a whole lot of overhead all right wait give us another one this is kind of fun right you, you add those like you said scott so you add the, the hotel parking that's just added on to anybody that's not i think that's not dvc right it's right. Paying yeah. park if you've got a car in those parking lots so What's that, 15, 20, 25 bucks yep. right now? I think. And so. I don't know about you all. I see a lot of cars parked in every resort. A I'm lot. Like, lots a of lot. cars. You, yeah, you show up back to the resort late at night. You're like way out. You, know? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. you got a 5K to get to, get to your room. But, um, you know, one thing that I, I've been thinking about, I've, I've probably ridden Cosmic Rewind probably six or seven times at this point and twice gotten stopped because something's happening and you hear the term code v thrown out there and the garbage can seem to get moved to the right at the exit in case you have a little piece of paper in your pocket i guess you need to dispose of when you when you get off the ride Mm -hmm. but i'd love to know how many code v's happen in a day uh which is getting sick yeah Uh, i don't know if code v is a common term out there i think it's disney uh disney code but uh, you know that that ride, I think it's a blast. It's a it's a great time, Mike. I know you've enjoyed it once. It, it took, and, yeah, uh, I, I got to the uh, the precipice of Code V. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> Code V did not visit, but uh, Code V was uh, knocking on the door. <laughs> Just think, you kept the line moving. You didn't you didn't make those people behind you. What's going on here? Why is there why is there such a long wait right now? But uh, I'd love to know how many times Code V. I mean, it sounds kind of gross, right? But it happens. It is a ride that is uh, you know extreme fun but it whips you around and and it it can get those sensitive stomachs so i'd like to know how many times they have to stop that thing and and get the mop out i guess yeah okay let's go over under on that one do you think in an hour do you think that happens five times that's probably too high i would say it's probably probably a little high because five times an hour you'd have to do something to the ride like at that point that ride is not it's like mission space they're gonna have like a tame version or something right I wonder if maybe it's five times a day. I mean, yeah. that could be, you know, that's still a lot though. <laughs> could be a lot, but there's two trains going, uh, you know, two taken off at any one time or, or, you know, kind of alternating, I guess. So I guess, again, it'd be like a Lentesta question. How many, how many trains or whatever? Take <laughs> Do they off? have a guy standing there yes. watching <laughs> counting? <laughs> this, 
this has quickly turned into a, a statistical show, <laughs> which I like. We'll have, to, we'll have to take this to the next level in a couple of weeks or something. Okay, so here's here's one that we, we discussed over dinner tonight, and my wife came up with this one. I thought, this is a great question, because I've actually wondered this one many, many times. Okay, I want to ask a Haunted Mansion cast member, how many steps do you get in on a shift? Because... Think about it. They do part of their shift on that conveyor belt when you're getting on the, the yeah. dune buggy. I mean, it's not very fast. But if you, you know, say you're working, I don't know how long the shifts are. Say you work an eight-hour shift, and I know they work from position to position. You know, they go out to the stretching room, and, you know, they get the, I just, you know, I, I've never worked as a cast member, but I always get, you know, I always see them. They get their little white slips, and, you know, everybody looks down. Okay, now you're booted out to this spot, and you're going to this spot, and everybody rotates. I like all that. But, I mean, eventually you're probably going to go to the spot where you, load everybody into the doom buggies and you walk the conveyor belt i would say probably do that a few times at least to shift so it's probably not a lot of steps but i would say that might be one of the spots where you get yeah, a few few extra yeah. steps i'd like to know maybe if they're wearing I love, an apple i love watch. that question what's funny is like i don't even think about with that with haunted mansion but i do think of it all every single time i get off the uh the finding nemo ride Oh and uh, yeah. at the seas, because that's where there's always someone doing that yep. same exact thing right there when you get off. Maybe because it's more like there's there's more light on them or it's more like in your face, because I always think of that every time I get off of that, that seashell or whatever we're in. Well, plus you walk a half Plans a mile on. through the queue to get on the ride yes. as a guest. I mean, that is the longest. They should just run the, the 5K through that queue and just call it a day. You know, you get you know outside yeah. the ride, boom, start the race, you get on the ride to get your medal, you're done. 5K. Dude, that's that's Indiana Jones at Disneyland 100 <laughs> percent That is the yeah, is. longest queue I've ever been in. <laughs> like Sorry. when you get off, you're like, oh man, that was awesome. Like, all right, well, it's gonna be another 20 minutes until we uh get out of here, though. So. Yeah, we get Bengal barbecue in about a half hour. It's across yeah. the street. I was just about to say mobile order for Bengal barbecue in 40 minutes, we might make it. I was thinking the same thing. Just you, you pour out right there. I was like, Yeah, we'll get some pot stickers, you know, in 30 minutes when we get through this. Through this queue. I think it's always when you're going on to you're like, hey, there's nobody in line. Look, we're moving. And then, bam, it stops halfway through. And you're like, aren't we there? Are we in da uh, downtown <laughs> right now? We went under the train and now we're somewhere over there. But <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nobody in line. Actually, there's 27,000 people in front of you in line. It's just that deep. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Okay, Scott, give us another one. What do you got? Um, no, this, this has been fun, Mike. So I, I want to I wanna speak to a food cart cast member now. And I want to know if they have like an allotment of free items they can hand out in a day and what that is you know if you if they see someone with a birthday button or or whatever it may be like maybe it's like a a and b question like how many can you have or what's the most you've ever given out for free on a given day like a mickey bar or a pretzel or whatever that's a good question like what's their leeway what's their right. yeah because is there some type of policy right like like if everyone shows up with a birthday button, obviously you're not going to give 100% guests like a free bottle of water. But if it, if you see one every 20 minutes, maybe you can give like a free like birthday water because that's happened to us before. Like we've gotten like a free Mickey bar with a birthday button or whatever. Like it's happened to us. So I know it can be done. I'm just curious what that allotment is. Yeah, because like sometimes you'll see like a little kid that'll you know fall and scrape their knee. Boom, they'll give them a Mickey bar. Right. Problem solved. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what the if there is like a hardened. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Is there a maybe hard there and isn't a hardened rule? Yeah, maybe maybe it's just, it's, it depends on the cast yeah. member. But then they're like doing inventory. Like, well, wait, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, we actually lost money today with you working this churro cart. You're like, you're getting great guest compliments like all over social media, but you have not made a dollar in the last two weeks. 
feeling generous with the churros. <laughs> exactly. Also, that is the pure definition of a churro right there, man. <laughs> yeah, the churro. Yeah, in the unofficial guide, it's like, okay, here's the hot tip. Go to the churro cart in Frontierland because Wade works on Tuesdays from 10 to 2, and he'll hook you up. <laughs> That's exactly how that would go. No, it's a good question. Man, I love these because none of these have answers. Now I need to see. Now I need to know. We need investigative journalism at this point. So, yeah. Next I mean, step. That's where Lens Team could really benefit from <laughs> listening to this episode because maybe they're going to get a snack guy now and they're just watching a cart all day. Totally. And, and analyzing how many people are using their magic band yeah. or credit card or just auto, automatically get something handed to them without payment. Yeah, free? No, you paid. Oh, go on. Okay. So, wait, what, what else you got? Well, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking also, what's the most popular snack? But that wasn't the one I, I had here. I think that would be interesting to know is, you know, is the is the Mickey premium bar the number one snack or is it popcorn? Or, you know, are they selling more, you know, bottles of, of Coke or, or water? It'd be interesting to yeah. know, again, speaking of numbers. But I'm always curious about, because this seems to happen to me too. Um, I usually feel sorry for the, it's usually a little, you know, a little kid, but on Flight of Passage, um, they give you so many warnings like mission space too. I, I would probably kind of wonder about that one too, but they do have the green and the orange side, both flight of passage. How many chicken exits are, are, uh, happen each, each day. How many people get to that point? Where they're like, no, I'm not getting on that thing. I'm out. I'll meet my family at the end. So it'd be interesting to know because I do see it happen quite often. Yeah. It's one of those things too, that by the time you get the, cause I'm one of those people that I, you know, I can usually make it like I've made mission space, orange and green you know both <laughs> but i psych myself out with all those messages right i'm like okay i am gonna am i claustrophobic like i am kind of but it's like you know after the eighth message i'm like yeah i probably really am claustrophobic and i am gonna barf as soon as i get in that capsule i mean I, I understand that they got to do it for liability reasons so that you are absolutely informed of the experience but i mean it plays a mind game with me and I have yeah. backed out, you know, because like there's one time I'm like, I've done this before, but I mean, I haven't done this before after having, um, uh, what's it called? The, the restaurant San Angel in like that. I'm just asking for trouble here. So I'm just, I don't need to ride this that bad. Two minutes is not worth it. I'm out. You know, it's like, Nope. God's talking to me right now. Step through the door. <laughs> well, I you felt know. that way with mission space once, Mike, like, I don't know why we did this. I think they just refurbished it because they had like that new, mission or whatever and it was it was marathon sunday we just finished the marathon and you or mallory or someone was like let's do mission space and we're like okay and i'm thinking like like my heart's been racing for like the last five and a half hours when we like buckled in when we buckled in like i almost like hit like a panic button like i can't do this like and then the poor people that sat in behind us because like we just have marathon like sweat all over the ride vehicle like my gosh like those poor people oh you're <laughs> killing me your is like beeping because your heart rate's going too high right it's like yeah. warning 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 like, i just ran a marathon yeah <laughs> yeah they should never let anybody that ran the marathon do anything strenuous that day they should just no. you know you should not be able to get on a ride like that okay well, well, you know, I think too, it straps you in, right? That that one you're claustrophobic, but oh, also flight of passage. Once that thing comes up on the back when you're on the uh, the ecron, and all of a sudden you're in there, right? And people can't move. They're like, okay, hold on a second. Yeah, that's when they're like. I'm the out. worst is, and I think about this every time because it happened to me the first time. I think I was next to Mike, 
And like, all of a sudden I had this itch on my knee. So I went to go do it. And I'm like, I can't get to my knee. It's metal. You're like, like Mike, Mike, I have a, I have an itch on I'm my an left itch. knee. Like, this, like, I went to go scratch. And then like the next five minutes, that's all I can think about is how bad I have to scratch my knee. And every time I get seated now, like I make sure like I itch every part of my body before I get in there. We're, we're living out there like Gemini six, <laughs> like with Jim Lovell and Gene Cernan. Like, you know, imagine that for 14 days. <laughs> so crazy. Oh man. oh man. This is okay. So let's go around the horde one more time. My last one I would ask is if I could speak with one of the friends of the princesses, you know, that does the meet and greets. I would just simply, and I think this is something that we've all, you know, wondered as a parent, especially like, what is that most touching thing, that experience that you've had in that role or working with that princess or prince, you know, whoever, you know, meet and greet character. What is that thing maybe that almost brought you to tears or, you know, it was very emotional for you because I, I, I'm a super, like, I'm a sympathetic crier. Like, you know, when I see a team that I don't even have like uh, you know investment in, like win a stupid cheese at bowl or something, sometimes you know, and somebody overcomes something, I get a little choked up. You know, like it's like that's and that's sad. I shouldn't be that emotional about things. So I don't know it's that if, being a father, it, it maybe, may, it probably. But the thing is, like you know, in a role like that, I'm sure that these characters at Walt Disney World are in situations many, many times where. It's not just your, you know, walk up, get the picture, you know, hey, sign an autograph and move on. I'm sure there's a lot of emotional things that are said or, you know, stories that are relayed in that, you know, three, four, five minute meet and greet experience. And I mean, these are human people and I'm sure that they, you know, they're there to spread the magic. And I'm, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, what has been that most emotional story of somebody who has walked up to you to meet you, to get to meet Cinderella or to get to meet Tiana. Or to meet, you know, Prince Charming or, you know, Navi or, who, you know, whoever it is. I think that would be really cool because I, I bet you they have the most amazing stories. Because And just to know that they, to stay in character, because I don't think I could, you know, to, to, to hold it all together. That would be a, a, an interesting thing for me. I'd love to hear that. All right, Scott, last one. Let's go uh, around yeah, the horn. What are we going to say, Wade? Go ahead, Wade. You know, it's funny you say that when, and I think about this, you know, Hugh obviously is, is down the Disney college program right now and it's actually wrapping up, which is, which is crazy. Time has just flown. But when he was very small, he, he knew we were going to go meet Mickey. And so he, he drew a picture, mainly it was kind of scribbling and stickers and all that. And he took it, we just said, we'll just go give it to, to Mickey. It was in, in Mickey's, uh, Toontown, Toontown fair, right. And it's Mickey's house. Yep. And he walked up to, to Mickey and he said, we didn't know what he was gonna do, handed it to him and said, Mickey, you're my best, best, best pal. Yeah. And, and gave Mickey a hug. And I tell you, us as parents, we're in the back, like, you know, like trying to hold it together, right? And, uh, and, and Mickey took the picture, put it off to the side, gave him a hug, you know, spent a little time with him, got the picture and all that. Yeah. And we walked up, we looked back and the picture's still there. And so I'd love to know, do they keep the pictures? You know, what happens to the pictures? Right. And, got to be a very touching thing to do right i, I want to know what eric thought when like hey my i'm not my little brother's best best pal he's like <laughs> it's some mouse eric at that point's like you know i've been mentoring you here for five years kid <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> yeah you're on your own kid <laughs> you could talk to a mouse that yeah. hardly speaks so there exactly. you go yeah. all right scotty g give us give us your last one we got 
Yeah, I had a couple more, but I'm going to go with an, a, an odd one here. All right. So so bear with me for a second. So one thing me and the girls like to do, we like to we like to volunteer at our food bank here in Lansing. And, you know, like we, you know, like we package all this food and it gets distributed throughout, like, you know, areas across Michigan that need help. And one cool thing they do at the end is they tell us, like, how much pounds of food did we, like, pack and, like, distribute, like, for, like, our volunteer session. So it's always fun to get those statistics. So I want to know, so I'm thinking, like, what's a heavy meal at Walt Disney World? And I'm thinking, like, Liberty Tree Tavern. Right, right. Like, how many pounds of food is cooked at Liberty Tree Tavern a day? Like, you think about, like, all the turkey, the pot roast, the ma- I mean, mashed potatoes. That's a heavy meal. How many pounds is coming out of that kitchen in a single day? It'd have to be thousands, right? Oh, <laughs> well, my God. Like, hundreds of thousands. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Dude, I don't know in a I'm day. Trying, that's a but lot. But you think, like, you think one of those platters is, like, I don't know, like, five, six, pounds. seven pounds? Maybe, maybe, yeah, like, maybe ten. Those, those platters are heavy. When they got the turkey and the dressing and the mac yeah. and cheese. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I don't know. But then the sub-question would be, and I hate to ask this question, how much is wasted a day? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's true. That's just awful to know. But um, but I just like I would love to know and just think about the whole resort wide, like how much food is being like pre- prepared and cooked at any given time is just an outrageous number. It's that's insane. Fascinating yeah, I didn't, I've never thought about that until just this moment. My head just about exploded right off my shoulders. That's crazy. Could you imagine like the distribution of like, you know, like getting like all the produce like delivered or whatever like that i mean i can't imagine like the amount of like food coming in at all times than being distributed across property but see that's the kind of stuff that made me initially like back in the late 90s early 2000s that's why like i really started falling in love with walt disney world was the logistics of the place right that it's its own city that you know it has its own laundry facilities has its own roadsides it has its own you know, way to get things done, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's, how they and that's that. what got me really, I mean, hooked on cruise line because when you're doing that all on a boat, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's just crazy to me. But yeah, so Good it's got to be a, a a ridiculous number of food at Liberty Tree a day. I, I don't know what the pound, the weight it would be, but it's got to be outrageous. <laughs> Man, I'll be wondering about this all tomorrow. <laughs> like, this is a bad thing. If we can ask Sandy, like our friend yeah. who works there, like, like, could, could you give us like what the average weight of one of those platters is, and yeah. like how many do you? Yeah, we'll have her like okay, one platter. How many are coming out of the window a day, or yeah. an hour, yes. you know, every ten minutes times six? Yeah, we don't we'll, need Len for this one. We got an inside <laughs> person on the job. We'll figure this out. All right, wait, close this out. We do got one last question for one last cast member. You know, the one I, and I, it's a little bit here, Jason Miller, our, our, our friend here who says Dopey's harder than Iron Man. Uh, you know, he's, he's asking about how many cast members didn't get married. I'm, I'm curious how many proposals are uh, each, you know, each day, each week in front of the castle, in front of Cinderella Castle. Because they say that that's the most photographed spot maybe in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. So how many proposals happen? I've, I've witnessed, you know, handfuls of them. You just happen to be walking by and you see it down on one knee, people are cheering, right? How many proposals happen a day? Maybe not just there, but maybe in Walt Disney World each day. Because I'm sure there's yeah. other places that people people want to, uh, you know, want to pop the question. So I think yeah, some people go to Chef Mickey's to do that sometimes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> no, okay, so I, I'll be honest. I've seen, if I had to guess, I've probably seen maybe five to seven proposals in front of Cinderella castle in my trips, but I've never seen any, any other place. I've only seen them in front of the castle. Scott, I know what of you by the, uh, there's a little gazebo. I think they do weddings there 
on um, by the boardwalk. Just, just I was gonna say ESPN zone, but yeah, yeah. To there, you, know, you come over the bridge, and there's a little space there. Um, I've seen one there. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a, that. Actually, that's where a couple of our listeners were married. Uh, Jay and yep. Melissa, Seabreeze Point. We were in. Yeah, I was in the wedding there. There's a great spot to propose because it's a great spot for a wedding. It's uh, awesome. <laughs> it's a great spot. So, uh, how many? Though, wait. How many proposals do you think you have seen over the years? I've seen actually a couple at Disneyland. Uh, one, we, we knew the folks that were doing it and we found out that day and they said, Hey, we're going to do this. Right. We're like, when are you going to do it? He goes, I'm in like 10 minutes. <laughs> they don't trust you with the secret, obviously. <laughs> yeah, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Get the phone out. You want us to, you know, so we did. And, uh, but I, I probably, yeah, probably the same, probably five, six, seven proposals. I but saw. they happen all over property too. Cause I know of like, uh, I don't know if you guys follow like Mark Willard on Twitter. Like he's a great photographer. Um, like I think he's done it like on like at the beach club beach or he did it at the Polynesian beach or something like that. So I mean, just think there's so many like romantic spots all across property that I'm sure it's happening or it's, it's happening at restaurants at California grill or things like that. You know, not chef Mickey's, but not there. Of course. Well, it was yeah. Scott, well, he, well, I forget. I take that back though, because, um, uh, sorry, my dad's calling from LA. Uh, <laughs> so I just muted. Um, so, I have seen some at the finish lines of Run Disney races. Yeah. Jay proposed to Melissa, I think, at Princess at the finish line. And that's the and wedding you were just talking about. Yeah, that's exactly. So there's <laughs> the proposal. And I've seen a yeah. couple others at finish lines, which so I like, always think that's a dangerous proposal because I also see a lot of pixie dust on the ground at finish lines, too. And you don't want to get down on one knee. I mean, you got to be yeah. careful with those finish lines, man. They're a little sketch. So do it at let your me, own risk. Let me ask you guys this. So if you could do it all over again, it has to be Disney themed. Say like you're gonna renew vows or whatever. Where are you proposing at Walt Disney World? That's I'll go question. first while you guys okay, think about it. I'll go first. So Elizabeth, um, her family is like Italian. They have an Italian background. So I want to do it in Italy. And you know, like that big like round circle that has like some steps like in the middle of the pavilion. I just want it to be us like there, and I'll just uh, I'll just propose right there, like in the Italy pavilion. There you Nothing go. fancy. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say. Mama it feels Mama. like you kind of have a stage a little bit, you know, because you take those steps up. It's like a big area, so it feels like you're on a stage. And I don't know. That's what I'm gonna go with. Or Mama Melrose. I thought that's what you're gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> over some spaghetti. No. Over some spaghetti and meatballs. Go Lady in the Tramp, and then like, here, will you marry me again? What about you, Wade? What'd you do? You know, I may say the uh, Savannah Point there at Animal Kingdom Lodge because that was the first place we stayed. Uh, as a family, after my after my dad had passed passed away, and my my mother, um, was 20 years ago, uh, took us there. And I, I'd been to Disney World once, been to Disneyland a handful of times, uh, growing up. And so we stayed there. I, I had no idea what the the hotel was about, the resort, nothing. Um, and so it, it that holds kind of a special place for our family. So I think that would be kind of a cool place uh, to do it, um, right out there on the that main savanna off the off the lobby. That's yeah, a good spot. I like that. That's a, especially like at sunset or something. Oh like, yeah, man, that'd be perfect. Exactly. So, Mike, what would be yours other than Mission Space? Obviously, yeah, that's a good one. Space two twenty. Uh, no, actually, here's here's one. So, Riverside has gazebos over in the mansions area, and we stayed there quite a bit when Mallory was younger, like you know, three to like seven. We were kind of there a lot, and I just remember when she was like four or five, she said, "Oh, what's this?" Like we came out of our room and there was the gazebo there. And I said, oh, this is a place, you know, sometimes people get married there. They have events. And she goes, I'm going to come back here and I'm getting married in this gazebo. 
And so I remember one day, like I pretended to walk her down, it's like a little path, you know, to the to the main path from the gazebo. And so I walked her down, you know, okay, we'll practice right here. So that'd be kind of fun, you know, because we yeah. said, you're going to get married there someday because she wanted to, because it looked all, she said, it looks all fancy with the nice buildings. <laughs> I was I she was it. like four. <laughs> so we're do that. It was very I beautiful. Happening when we were there back in November for wine and dine, a wedding was happening in front of one of the buildings. I never really thought about that, but it is those lawns they have kind of out yeah. in front of the buildings. And so there was a wedding. We went over and saw Hugh there. He was deployed over at Port Orleans Riverside uh, that week. And so we went and said goodbye to him there. And there was a wedding happening. So we kind of got routed around and we were taking pictures. So I know exactly where you mean. You know, it's really kind of some cool areas there. Look at that four year old's dream. Uh, you know, wedding location. Perfect. There, there it is. <laughs> and other ones. Well, hey, guys, I appreciate you taking the time. This has been a fun show. And I hope people have this conversation with their, their loved ones, their friends, their families, you know, as you're riding around the car, as you're, you know, uh, just uh, hanging out at the office. I think it's kind of a fun topic just to bring up and we'll do it again. So, wait, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show today. It's been a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again. So, uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Scott. It's always fun to uh, fun to chat, fun to chat Disney. So thanks for the uh, thanks for the invitation. All righty. Hey, don't forget today's show is always brought to you by the Magic for Less Travel. Check them out for all your Disney trip planning needs here in 2023. The agents are standing by right now to help you plan a great Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney trip. Just swing by themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link. It's brguestpodcast.com slash Amazon. Supports everything we do throughout the year. So please click through the link when you do your shopping. Helps us out. Again, BeOurGuestPodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the show. You make all these shows possible. And so if you if you think this one was crazy, it's your fault. No, just kidding. But uh, we appreciate you very much. And our patrons also get that bonus show called Mike in the Midwest. If you'd like to join us, we'd sure love to have you this week. Come on over to Patreon.com slash BeOurGuestPodcast. You can follow me on the social media. I'm at BeOurGuestMike on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Scott at Epscott, E-P-S-C-O-T. Wade, are you on the socials and where are you? If you want to give it out, it's up to you. Yeah, you can search Husker Wadro. There so you go. Husker Wadro on, uh, on, on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. All right, perfect. And uh, don't forget this Sunday night, we'll have a live call and show. So 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. Join us on Facebook and YouTube and give us a call. Be a part of the show. And we can talk about this if you want to because, uh, you know, it's be something fun to talk about on Sunday night. And hopefully on Friday, we'll have a kind of a clip show from stuff we record down at Marathon Weekend. That's the goal. It's not a promise. It's a goal. But goals are meant to be broken early in January. That's what we do. But we're going to try. We're going to, Scott and I are going to try to get the phones out, record interviews with lizards and other folks that are around, maybe some on-ride audio if we can get that, you know, just stuff around the parks and the resorts to bring you some sounds from Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend 2023. So that's the goal for Friday's show. But we'll see what happens. Either way, you'll have a show. I promise you that. All right, we're going to let you get out of here and get on with your week. So, again, thanks for joining us. For Scott and Wade, I'm Mike, wishing you a great Wednesday. Time to get back to work. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you real soon. You've been listening to the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at BeOurGuestPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.